0: Let's go to Ephesians 4. We're looking at verses 17 to 24. Speaking of the Christian walk. If you would please follow in the reading of the Holy Word of God, beginning at verse 17 through verse 24. So this I say and affirm together with the Lord that you walk no longer as the Gentiles also walk in life, in the futility of their mind, being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardness of their heart. And they, having become callous, have given themselves over to sensuality for the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness. But you did not learn Christ in this way. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught in him, just as the truth is in Jesus, that is in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self which is being corrupted in accordance to the lust of deceit. And that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and you put on the new self, which is in the likeness of God, has been created in righteousness and holiness of truth. Father, you know my struggles with this text over the last month or so. So I beg your help. I pray that Your Spirit and Your people will teach. I pray that Your Word will become alive in the reality of the understanding of this. As the Apostle Paul says, it will open the eyes to the revelation that is at hand. Father, I am not adequate to to teach this. So I beg You to teach it. Father, uh, We who are called by Your name will hear. But Father, I pray especially for those who may be deceived, that they understand the danger of where they are. Father, in the time of preparation for the incarnation of Jesus Christ, I pray that we understand the joy of our salvation. My King, my Lord. Amen. We are in a text that uh, basically put off the old, put on the new. Very simple, very easy. I shared with you that this book is basically split in half. First three chapters deal with who you are as a Christian, last three chapters, this is what a Christian looks like. It's amazing, and I've shared this over and over again, that most Christians know what we're supposed to do, but very few Christians seem to understand their position in Christ with the access to the power that is available to every child of the living God. And that way you see uh, divisions in the churches. You see divisions among the saints. You see uh, heartache and suffering. Ladies are getting ready to do. Be anxious for nothing. Do you understand that anxiety is a sin? So there's a, just bust your bubbles or what? Why worry if I'm just going to go to glory to see Jesus? What is there to worry about? Money, uh, you can't take it with you. I mean, it doesn't make sense if you think about it. But if you look at the first three chapters of what we looked at, you know, I could just go back to one verse that says, you have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies. And your problem is? Okay, and, you know, people can look at me and say, well, you're just callous and all the rest of it. Because I had somebody, it's been a while ago, was talking to me about, about... People and they're dealing with death situations and, and how awful this was and how the trauma was there and the family was there. And he looked at me and he says, what do you have to say? And I was like, absent from the body, present with the Lord. Well, that's cold hearted. Really? This was a pastor. Okay. See what I'm trying to get at? If you're going to start looking at this book you can't pick and choose i'm here temporary paul says it over and over again better to be with him but if it's for your benefit i'll stay here you ever thought of that you ever waited I don't know. You know, people say, well, you're just getting older. Because you get older, then you just, it ain't got nothing to do with it. Age has just got nothing to do with it. There are times I long to see him. Hang out with him. The lion and the lamb. How cool. Here, kitty, kitty. I mean, you know, the baby's playing with vipers. Anybody got a snake? There's a kid over But you see what I'm trying to get at? If you're going to believe this book, you can't choose what you want to believe. Do you understand that if I look at this book, it only perfects my soul? That's all. Do you know that this book is to be more cherished than gold, much gold? And yet we've already looked at it, that he has given every child of God a gift. And among the gifts... He has given gifted men for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. That's church. But because of my position, there must be a change. Because of who I am, who you are in Jesus Christ, there needs to be a change. There has to be a miraculous change. Because of what was done for us, We must change. We must be different. You know, I listen to people. Well, how do you know this God thing? I said, because my nature changed. What? My nature changed. I am not the same person I was yesterday. And it continues to change. And it's not a change of behavior modification is my desires are eternal so Paul reminds us of where we are as people on this planet in the person of Jesus Christ and where we were sometimes we forget and dealing with where we're going that's, that's what this text literally is. Off with the old, on with the new. This is where you were. This is what Christ did. This is where you're going. Okay? When I look at this section, 17 to 19 is the walk of the old self. 20 to 24 is the walk of the new self. And it is a contrast, all right? And it's, it's really amazing in the economy of words that the Apostle Paul summarizes every man, woman, and child before Christ. And then he summarizes every man, woman, and child after Christ. It's pretty impressive, actually. But also, when I look at it today, it's an exhortation to the church. It's an exhortation to the body of Jesus Christ, which is the church. So, I want to look at the old man. We're working our way through that, and there's four characteristics that is the old man, and none of them have changed. And last week, you look at verse 17. He uses the word Gentiles. And I told you that Gentiles has two references. One. Is non Jew. You have Jews and you have Gentiles. Now under the new covenant. You also now have Christians. So there's only three types of people on the planet. Gentiles Jews and Christians. All right. But. But. When you think about a Gentile, it also has to do with what I would call a religious system. I just lump it all in. When I see Gentile, I think pagan. Okay? Heathen. Some of your translations may even say that. It is a person that does not know God, but worships fill in the blank. Um, I mean, a woman may worship a man, a man may worship a woman, they may worship wealth, they may worship big houses or small houses, fast cars, slow cars, just fill in, you know, a football team, okay? We worship, we were created to worship, and look at it, there's not a human being out there right now that does not worship something, okay? Okay? That's a pagan. But he says here that these Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. The word futility I shared with you last week. It means a uh, useless thinking. Okay. I kind of look at it as uh Self-centeredness. If you've ever run into selfish people, what is consuming in their thinking? Self. Okay? And you know what, between you and me? That's useless. That is absolutely useless. Okay? The futility of the mind, I shared with you the first two chapters of Ecclesiastes. Vanity, vanity, all is vanity. You know, I look at uh, Solomon, the wisest man it ever was, the wealthiest man it ever was, the man who had any woman that he wanted, any time he wanted it. And he writes the Song of Solomon when he was a young man. As he got older, he wrote Ecclesiastes. Because then he realized it was all vanity. It was all useless okay their mind if you look at it today their mind is the big deal it is a function of their own head I bear witness to this I watch it I deal with it one of the things I try to get people to do and sometimes I have success but I will honestly be honest with you uh, not very often that we should listen twice as much as we speak. Why? Because when you listen, you understand vanity, vanity of self-centeredness. And you would be surprised if you would listen more how normal uselessness is. Okay? Second thing there in verse 18 being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardness of their heart. Okay? They are ignorant of truth. This is the second thing. They are useless in their mind. They are futile in their mind. And they are ignorant. And they are darkened. And they are blind. Please understand this. Every one of you was there. You were there. And yet we deal with loved ones who are lost. Do you understand that their thinking is useless? And their minds are darkened? And they are blind? And you're going to do what? Turn the light on? Really? How's that working for you? How do you make that happen? Not only are the lost, the pagans, self-centered and useless, they're also ignorant. They're ignorant. People who are excluded from Christ. They don't know Christ. Those who don't know Christ are ignorant. Now listen, do yourself a favor. Don't run out to your lost friends and tell them that they're ignorant. Okay? You will not gain a lot doing that. But you need to understand, do you understand what you're dealing with? Now, get this. You and I were all there at one point in time. So do you realize how miraculous salvation was? Your mind, your and my thinking was useless. It was self-centered. And... Your mind was darkened and blind, and you were ignorant. Look around. I, I read an article this morning that fits today perfectly, doesn't it? Those of you who were in the Sunday school class. And I shared with you the date on the Rocky Mountain News published it in 1989. About taking the Bibles out of schools. Listen. I look around at the amount of information that is there. Think about this for a second. How much information do you have access to at any given moment? And if that don't work, you can Google it. Right? I mean, you, look, think about it. I mean, how many people have multiple Bibles? Right? I mean, I, I've got it on my phone. I've got it on my iPad. I've got it on my computer. I've got it on my desk. I've got it on my I got, And you know what? That thing doesn't do you a bit of good if you don't read it. I mean, you can Google sermons. Now, are you smart enough to know whether you're listening to a heretic or not? Because i got news for you. There's a whole bunch of pastors out there who are useless. I look around. And we are drowning in college graduates. It's amazing to me. I don't even think we know what to do with all of them. But we have a lot of educated people. And I listen. I, I listen a lot. And I've learned something very interesting about the lost. They are now at a place that all they have to do is make the statement and is therefore true. And it doesn't matter how stupid it is. But it's true. I listen to it. It's it's out there all the time. And it's truth. It's truth. Why? Because I said it. Do you realize how dangerous that is? Okay, but that's the lost. Now you think that's bad. You and I used to be in the same boat. I believe this. Why? Because I want to. This is easier. There's a text in scripture, ever learning, but never able to come to the knowledge of truth. Second Timothy chapter three, verse seven, ever learning, but never able to come to the knowledge of truth. And people say, well, the Bible's an old book. It doesn't stand up. That does. I know a whole bunch of people who are learning (laughs) for no apparent reason. No apparent reason. Paul is showing us that there is a natural inability to understand the things of God. It's of our nature not to understand the things of God. You know what? Lost people can't. There was a time in your life that you couldn't. The mind was useless, and a useless mind cannot gain truth i 've had people ask me they 're moving to make it so that churches, if the church does a wedding, they have to be able to do uh, homosexual weddings. there 's a lot of legislation that 's laying underneath they 're trying to do that. and I have people of course, ask me, "Where do you stand on that?" And of course, they know i 'm a pastor. So where do you stand on that? And I said, I smile at him. I said, I agree with Plato. What? Yeah, I agree with Plato. Oh, What did Plato say? He said it wasn't natural. Okay, next question. If you would, you can keep your finger in there, but I want to move around a little bit. I want to go over to Romans chapter 1. I don't, I know, well, some of you, some of you have loved ones who do not know the Lord. I do not want you to give up. People, I have a lady that used to be here. She has some health issues now. And uh, her son is the youngest or middle? I think he's the youngest. I've been praying for uh, 25 years almost 30 years i've been praying for him and she gets frustrated she says why does it come and he's been through the ringer i mean you you talk about somebody no matter what he does it's wrong (laughs) okay and he just never makes any progress why doesn't he come to salvation and uh, she had gone with through, with me through the book of Romans years and years and years and years ago. And she was very torn up about it. And I told her, I said, listen, as long as they have breath, they can be saved. And i leave it at that. Because what I'm going to share with you, if you've got a loved one who's not saved, this is going to freak you out. All right? So you've been warned. Romans 20, er, 1, verse 21. For even though they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks, but they became futile. in their speculation and their foolish hearts were darkened. Vain imagination is the actual Greek. Foolish hearts are darkened As they live in vain imaginations. Okay. See, they thought they are wise. Verse 22, professing to be wise. That's why I tell you, listen. You can hear them. When I have a bunch of people sitting around me professing to be wise, my instinct is none of these people are saved. Whoa, that can't be. Oh, really? Really? Think about it. If they're self-centered, how in the world are you saved? How is that possible? Men in the world without God are not only self-centered and useless in their thinking, but they are ignorant. And you know what is amazing about it? They profess it loudly. Let me tell you how stupid I am. My grandpa made that statement one time and I've never forgot it. Better to be quiet and thought stupid than open your mouth and remove all doubt. That's why I try to tell people, listen, 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 listen. They thought they were wise, but they are fools. It says that their foolish hearts are darkened. You know what the word darkened there means? It's the same word you see in verse 18 of Ephesians 4. You know what's amazing about that word? That should scare the be jeezies out of everybody. It's a perfect participle. Don't you feel blessed now that you got you a perfect participle? It means to make blind. Something that happened in the past with continuing results. Okay? So let me show you something. Let me show you how this works. Verse 18, Romans 1. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. And we all would go, amen. But let me show you the next verse. Because that which is known about God is evident where? Within them. For God made it evident in them. Okay, who's he talking about there? Every man, woman, and child's ever been born. Now, when I was in public school uh, a few years ago, they taught us evolution and creation, okay, as theories. There was no science, theoretically, to back them, okay? Now, if you go and listen, what do they say evolution is? Scientific truth, okay, unless you hold it up to science, then it ain't. It's impossible. Evolution is impossible. Okay? The laws of thermodynamics, second law says, anytime you use energy, you have a decline in matter. How do you get evolution out of that? Okay? And I won't get into DNA and all the other things that are out there. But, you know, I'll listen to anything they want to tell me as long as they come up with a new theory. But the theory they've got right now don't work. And there's scientific proof. And by the way, the laws of thermodynamic, that is a law. You know what that means? I don't care how bad you don't want it to happen. It's law. Okay. It's like the law of gravity. You can sit and tell me all day long you don't believe in it. Step out that window. Okay. That's a law. But when I look at it, it says here. God has made it evident to them. And then verse 20 says, For since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes, His eternal power, divine nature, have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so they are without excuse that's pretty straightforward to me so when I look at this text and it says darken and it's a perfect participle what we would call a continuing problem okay this continuing problem has a permanent result what? it is the blinding of the mind remember two weeks ago This whole thing is based on your mind. The mind of sin. That's what this text in Ephesians 4 is teaching us. Listen, there's another side of this. I was a little reluctant to get into it, but I've changed my mind. I'm going ahead and step into it. There's this cloud that hangs over this. Just sort of over this whole understanding this theology they have their understanding darkened the longer they reject the darker their understanding do you understand what i'm just said they're not becoming wiser they're coming more foolish right So when did this happen? When did their understanding darken? When did it get darker with the continuing permanent results? Okay? Let me explain something to you. And I do this as loving as I can. This is seen as the judgment of God. Remember what he said? Verse 21, For even though they knew God, remember, sin that each man, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their speculations, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools, and they exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for the image in the form of corruptible man, of birds, four-footed animals, And crawling creatures. Okay? Therefore, because they did not glorify God, therefore, because they did not give thanks to God, therefore, because they rejected God, God gave them over to their lusts of their hearts to impurity so that their bodies would be dishonored among them. Had a bit tough. Listen. They're alienated from the life of God. They're cut off from God's life. And they are ignorant. If you are not in God's life. Then you are ignorant. And you are striving in futility. And as you strive harder and harder and harder. You become more and more futile and god will at some point willfully harden their heart then the sovereign god darkens their understanding that is the pagan that is the gentile that is out there. That is the loved ones that you know that reject everything that you share with them. They have no ability without divine intervention. And He darkens them, and this is living proof of God's justice and righteousness. And it goes to a point, if you go through chapter 1, That God affirms their decision forever. And at some point, he will give them over to a depraved heart. Okay? A depraved heart is the place of your conscience, your heart is. A depravity means found useless for its intended purpose. God affirms the choices that men continually make this is God's justice okay this is God's wrath okay now most of the time when you think about God's wrath you think about God's judgment you think about Sodom and Gomorrah but Romans chapter 1 and 2 tell me that God's judgment God's wrath is sometimes he just lets you have it You think that this is going to make you better. You think this is going to make you happier. You think this is going to be your rah, 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 rah. God says, here, take it. And then you keep going down that path because you know what? When is the flesh ever satisfied? So you just keep going down, keep going down, keep going down, keep going down. And at some point, God says, enough. Oh, gosh, that's harsh. Really? You ever read the Exodus? Pharaoh hardened his heart. God did a miracle. said let my people go. Pharaoh hardened his heart. God did a miracle. Let my people go. Pharaoh hardened his heart. God did a miracle. Let my people go. Pharaoh hardened his heart. God did a miracle. God hardened Pharaoh's heart. You know what that means? Ain't no plan B. Ain't no plan B. That's what this text in Romans is teaching us. That's what this text in Ephesians 4 is teaching us. Because if you go to the book of Exodus, you'll find out that that is a daggone perfect participle too. Past action of rejecting God to the point of a permanent disqualification. Back to our text in Ephesians 4, verse 18. The problem is that phrase there in the middle of verse 18, excluded from the life of God. You know, I remember when I was a young man, before I came to Christ, I had grown up with the definition between evolution and creation. And I remember, was not saved, but I looked at creation, and I kept thinking, you're telling me science says this was a random accident. Okay. I don't have enough faith to believe that. Okay. I, I, I just don't have that much faith. I, I mean, I, <laughs> what? You, I just look around. I look at the stars in the heaven. Every once in a while, if you get into uh, out of light pollution, always thought that was funny. You have light pollution. If you get out of light pollution, you can look up and see the Milky Way. And you just sit there and go, whoa. There's a whole, and they're not running into each other. You can't do that on the 405 in Los Angeles. But you just look around and you think, well, this is kind of, whoa. And you're telling me, poof, and look, it's all here. I have blown up a lot of things in my life, and I never got order out of blowing up anything. Okay? Never have. Of course, I never thought I was going to. The problem is a person who is alienated from the life of God. If you think about it, God is truth. In the beginning was the Logos. The Logos was with God. The Logos was God. Okay. The word Logos is the word we get logic from. So who is logic? God. And yet man in his ultimate uh, pride thinks he is. That's that self-centeredness. Remember, Somebody said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Who was that? That would be God. I mean, I had somebody actually tell me one time, well, Jesus never claimed to be God. And you're like, what? I never read that anywhere. What Bible are you reading? He claimed to be God as part of the reason they thought they should kill him. Okay, minor distraction, but I hear this all the time. You know, I, I have a friend, very intellectual, very accomplished person, and me and his his lives keep running back and forth. I've worked on his motorcycle a few times in the past, and he's a he's a wonderful guy, and he travels all over the world. He's an art guy; he does art, and he's fascinated by me because that's what he tells me. I'm not saying. He says, I'm fascinated by you. You're the only person I've ever met that does not believe in evolution. I was like, you're just running around the wrong crowd. <laughs> but anyway. He says, I can't believe it. So he, he travels around the world all doing art things. And he, <laughs> he, everyone, he travels. And so when he's traveling, all of a sudden these things come to his head. And he writes them down. So when he sees me, I have to ask. Okay, so it's, it's, it's comical if I didn't realize that, you know, you're going down a road where you're looking for a depraved heart that you can't come back. Uh, so anyway, he he came up with this one. <laughs> he's, he's so profound, professing to be wise. I'm so profound. I'm so profound. Watch, 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 watch. All right, he says, "I have a question. If I were to believe as you believe that God spoke all of this into existence, then I have to ask a simple, very simple question. But I've been dwelling on it. So, okay, what is it?" He says, "Then who created God?" <laughs> you sit there for a second. And you're like, "Boom, boom, boom." <laughs> I was like, "Well." If He was created, then He's not God. What? <laughs> if He's created, He's not God. Wow, oh, I never thought of that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, I thought that was a big question. Yeah, Okay. The problem is the person is alienated from God if you are alienated from God, you cannot know truth. Okay? You are dead to God. You are a corpse. Do you understand how massive your salvation is? Have you ever had a discussion with a corpse? I have. My friend, he died. They spiffed him all up before they cremated him. They said, here, go in there and look at him. And I looked at him and I said, Ty, you ain't never looked that good ever. <laughs> you know what? He didn't argue with me. Do you know that? So how miraculous is your salvation? Because you're no different than a corpse. You are dead. You have no life in Christ until he saves you. The corpse can't listen. I don't care how slick your presentation of the gospel is, it will not have an effect if God doesn't do it. Listen, for the lost to hear God takes divine intervention. That's why I tell you that salvation is a divine invasion of the soul that's why I say if you know somebody who's lost all you can truly do is fervent prayer you have no plan B I don't care how slick you are well I'm going to use the Romans road of salvation (laughs) so what they can't hear They're alienated from the life of God. In their deadness, they are ignorant. They pursue it. And the thing is, is as they pursue the ignorance, they become harder and harder. And then they have their understanding darkened. That's Romans 1. God gives them over. God confirms their decision. You do not honor me. You do not thank me. So be it. See, Romans 1 is God's judgment against the Gentiles. Okay? Now, I want you to think about something. Just, just this a little footnote. I just want to throw this in here. Okay? The apostle Paul went to the Gentile world and planted churches, thriving strong churches all over the place. Okay? Right? Right? Okay. What Bible did he use? He did. Old Testament. Old Testament. How much did the Gentile nation know about the Old Testament? Zero. So how in the world? Oh, the divine invasion of the soul. It's an amazing thing if you think about it. And yet we want to use tricks and smoke screens and music and all of this other stuff. And you know what? The Apostle Paul, you know, that's what I ask people. Well, who you do you need a worship leader? Well, who was Paul's worship leader? I don't know. I mean, you can't compare him to any church planner that you've ever heard of. And he went to people who had absolutely no biblical understanding. And gave them truth, and they believed. So, if you look at the end of verse 18 here, because of the hardness of their heart, their ignorance grows. This word hardness that you see there is puros. That's the root word for it, puros okay it is means a stone that is harder than marble that's the term okay it's used in medicine of that time anytime you had a uh, broken bone where it healed that calcification that would seal around that bone that fracture would be the same thing uh, it is spoken of in the calcification of joints where they become ineffective Because of the hardness between the joint. It is used of a thing that you and I call the hardening of the arteries. If you look at Abigail's husband, he died of hardening of the arteries. If you haven't figured it out yet, the word is a negative That's what a unbeliever's, that is what a pagan's life is like. It is a negative. It is hard. Every time he acts against God, everything he willfully rejects, the more concrete is poured into the hardening of his heart. I look at it when I read this stuff and I think about it. The first thing I think of is something that is living that becomes stone hard and I think about petrified wood. That used to be a tree. What? (laughs) Think about it for a second. This is not rocket science here, brothers and sisters. Think about what man does to remove his guilt. To appease his conscience, to make his life less remorseful. Think about it. It's all around you. I'll take painkillers. I'll take uppers. I'll take downers. I'll take rounders. Right? Why? Anything. I'll be, I'm going to binge watch some kind of TV show, and that will do what? But, but you see what I'm trying to get at? Man's conscience is there, and yet man wants to do everything he he can to remove his remorse for rejecting the life of God. The conscience becomes seared as a iron, Colossians says. It's branded. You ever seen a brand on a cow? It's weird, because you, you can kind of squeeze them and rub them back, and it's all woofy. And then you get over to the brand, and it's... And that's what happens. That's what we do with our conscience. We slowly sear it. We have a petrified heart. It doesn't sense understanding. It becomes permanently darkened. At some point, God casts the final judgment. Okay. Okay. I'll give you one more verse because people like, well, where, what, where is, how? Thought you'd never ask the gospel of John chapter 12, verse 37. But though he had performed so many signs before them, yet they were not believing in him. Okay. Okay. This is one of those things that I watch people, well, I want to see some miracles. They don't work. They don't work. I don't care what the miracle is. These people watched a man raise the dead, and they crucified him. Verse 38. This was to fulfill the word of Isaiah the prophet, which he spoke. Lord, who has believed our report, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Verse 39, for this reason, they could not believe. For Isaiah said again, he, this would be God, has blinded their eyes and hardened their heart so that they would not see with their eyes and perceive with their heart and be converted and I heal them. They didn't believe. Even with the miracles that Jesus Christ was doing, even when they would publicly announce, no man has ever taught like him. All that they had seen, all that they had heard. And it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. That's what I said earlier. They reject the evidence. So do you see why now you can listen to these people, and if I say it, it's true. Why? I don't want remorse. I don't want my conscience to be bothering me, so I'm going to say whatever I want, and that's truth, okay? And because I said it, if, if you don't agree with me, then you're a fool, and their hearts are hardened. For this reason they would not believe for Isaiah said again. Listen, they were blinded and they couldn't see. We have an adversary. Did you know that? He is the father of lies. That's who you're fighting against. When you're sharing your gospel with a loved one or co-worker or whatever, do you understand what you're up against? You're fighting the adversary. You're fighting the father of lies. Okay, but our adversary knows this, that you sometimes forget that christianity and the truth of god is an issue of the mind okay so i will remind you of second corinthians 4 the god of this world has blinded the mind of those who believe not he blinds the mind Okay. A man continue in this path somewhere, God will blind the mind. And once that happens, there is no longer any grace. They can't come back. Okay. That is God's judgment. That is God's righteous judgment. That is God's wrath. A permanent understanding of darkness ever wonder why they don't get the message ever wonder when you share and they don't get it you know I look at people I'm at a little bit of a disadvantage here in my uh, hometown people are freaking out over what it is I do now. It's fascinating, actually. But the difference is, I tell people, my nature has changed. Most people now today who know me have only known me as a Christian. Okay? I remember what I was. don't go very far because I don't want to ever take any of it for granted I don't want to ever become complacent I want to continue to grow in the grace that is in Christ Jesus with every every breath I am graced with till that day my faith becomes sight now what I share with some of the people that I kind of grew up with that kind of freaks them out because uh, they knew how I was But you know what? It hasn't changed any of them. It hasn't changed any of them. The only thing that's changed is they'll text me and say, can you pray for me? (laughs) You got the red phone, don't you? And I'm like, no, you do. You ever wonder why they don't not get it? It's a petrified heart. It's a petrified heart. They are self centered, useless, and ignorant. And you think you got a scheme that you can walk in and slide that in on somebody? You're as foolish as they are. I can't slide that in. I live my life to the glory of my king, period. And if nobody follows, so be it. So be it. But there's a third thing. They become shameless. When they remove their remorse, they remove their conscience with an branding iron. Guess what? Nothing bothers them. Nothing bothers them. They become shameless. I'll look at that next week. My King, my Lord, thank You. Father, uh, as I go through this, I think about men and women that I uh, share my life with, I share my gospel with, I share the power of the risen King with. And I understand that they have petrified hearts. Father, You know I've gone through my list. I pray that Your judgment isn't upon them, that they step into an inability to know the life of Christ. Father, I pray for those who are here. Father, I pray that there are no petrified hearts. Father, I pray that there is no one here that is self-centered and ignorant and useless. Father, uh, you know the hearts of men. Father, you have shown us that it takes a divine invasion to the soul, to the conscience, to the heart, to the mind. And I also know that we have an adversary that plays games of lies with that very thing. So, Father, help us stay in our humble hearts, on our knees, fervent prayer for our loved ones, for our co-workers, those people that are in our lives that we know don't know you. Father, I pray for those who do know you to become stronger with every breath. Their faith grows. They stand in the glory of the majesty of the King of kings and Lord of lords. In that unity of the faith as we grow in our knowledge of Christ. Reflects in our walks, our words, our attitudes and our actions. To you, my Lord, in Christ's name. Amen. Amen.